there we go. We're episode seven. Made it. They said we never do it, but we did it. They, they, we don't know who they are. Haters. Haters said we would never make it past one. Look at me now, mom. I did it. Yeah. Shout out to Murray's mom. I heard a lovely story about her earlier today that we might get into later. I'm excited to hear about it. I hope. But uh, for now, you know, this is uh, episode seven, eight for the true fans that got the secret episode that I never yes. leaked out. Yeah. Um, but of course, as we mentioned last week, this is this is going to be a life force. And before we get too far into that, you know, as always, you got myself, Griff, and of course, Tim with us. Hello. No third wheels this week. Nobody dragging us down. We're yeah. kidding, Mike. You were great. Yeah, you did. You did a great job, Mike. Don't don't take my my joke earlier too personally either. We loved you. It was it was very special to have you on with us. But um, we picked a movie. I picked a movie. You, you did, asked and me. I, I'm glad you did because this is a great movie. Yeah, this isn't just a great movie though. This is probably the longest, most expensive Golden Globus movie. I think it's definitely the most expensive. Sure. It's up there with the most longest, yes. I mean, the version I watched, which I think was the international director's cut, was clocking in at 156. You know about your version? 56 minutes? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying no, 156 no, minutes. No, not minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was mine, too. That's the one okay. I watched. Okay. So, that, that that's... Way more than we're used to out of, of course, the Golden Globus movie. Yeah, they're usually a nice tight ninety minutes. But yeah, there was, there was too much to tell, and you couldn't contain this movie in ninety minutes. Exposition everywhere. It was a lot. Yeah, like no montages. Just which, is, which I don't get. A lot of people say this movie is like a really what the fuck kind of movie, and I disagree mm-hmm. because everything's explained almost too much. Exactly to a fault, for sure. I would say they they could have easily knocked out another twenty minutes of this movie if they just, you know, let Golden Globus kind of take the wheel for a little while. But we'll get into that in a minute. I want to know why this was such a great movie, though. Well, this is a great movie because this was Toby Hooper, okay. director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, this was his love letter, his homage to the classic House of Horror Hammer film. Sure. That's uh that's a pretty good start because I mean as a at this time that this movie came out Alien was the rage and so the idea was to go kind of more of an artistic direction of Alien and he was like no man going back to my roots I'm going Hammer did he actually do Hammer movies no, no okay no. so he just had a Hammer was their heyday was like sixties early seventies yeah uh, yeah I kind of thought that I didn't see any signs of him actually being involved I just thought he was a fan. Confirmed. He As we fan. all are. I'm a uh, huge fan of Hammer. Well, Hammer, yeah, those old Hammer films were great. But, um... He, so, you going to say anything? Yeah, I was. I mean, I just wanted to say, like, he was signed on to do a three-movie pact with, with G&G. Uh, you mentioned it, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which was made, uh, Invaders from Mars. I don't... I don't know if this is true. This is the rumor I heard, and I'm going to say it's true just because... I want to. Yeah, let's just say it's true. That the only reason he agreed to do the sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre is so he could do this movie. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. This was the last time he ever had a budget anywhere near this movie, unfortunately. This was like, once once this came out and people saw that 
Didn't people quite... weren't people weren't ready for this movie. Is my take on it? I'm gonna go with that. People weren't ready. I think if people watch you and you better fucking watch this as you're listening to this, you're gonna be like, wow, this, this movie blows my mind. I mean, based on the trailer I watched, which was, uh, let's say it was a minute and thirty seconds long. 40 seconds of that was uh, the naked uh, space girl, who is credited as Space Space Girl. Girl. So when we say Space Girl later on, it's not because we forgot her name. It's because they didn't credit her with any other name. That's Yeah, that's a credit, Space Girl. But the trailer that I have queued up for us here, it's this trailer. And she's it's pretty much just cuts of her being naked and showing off those uh, that, that wonderful body of hers. Yeah, so uh, why don't we get into this? I mean, yeah. So, prepare to be mesmerized by the bewitching Matilda May. Prepare to be horrified by the manic coke-fueled performance of Mr. Steve Railsback. Prepare to be surprised that Patrick Stewart is actually in this shit. (laughs) Prepare for life force. From the director of Poltergeist and the writer of Alien comes a terrifying new film. I'm getting a very small radar cross-section. 150 miles long. EGR's confirmed. Tell them we have an artificial object out here. In the tale of Haley's Comet, there's something wrong. Something ancient. Something evil. Jesus. Houston, we have a problem. Something's happening to me. Something hungry. That's brought to Earth. She's destroyed worlds. That girl was no girl. She was totally alien to this planet and our life form. And totally dangerous. I just found a body in Hyde Park. Life Force. Close your eyes. Visited you how? In my mind. It's already spreading. You didn't stop it. It's too late. Come. Be with me. Life Force. The terror has just begun. Now, uh, Griff, you probably noticed that I, in the intro to that trailer, I did a pretty subtle but perfect British accent. I I thought somebody else was in my, uh, I don't know if I can call this a house, but whatever this is. Hobble. Hobble. Good word for it. Well, the reason I did that is because this is, I think we, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. I, it's something I like to call the Cushing effect, which is what, what you do when you're doing these types of movies that are on the surface schlocky. You're like, ugh, I don't, these are like kind of B-movies. What you do is, and what this movie did so well, is 
you hire some British actors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. you get, like... I call it the Cushing effect because Peter Cushing, who was the greatest Hammer actor of all time, anything he was in, no matter how garbage it was, he elevated it. because You know why? Because he was a pro. Shit, okay. And all these actors... They were probably... All these guys probably went to, like, the Royal Shakespearean Academy, and they, they really took their craft seriously. And they always wound up in these kind of movies. I don't know why. Okay. But what I appreciate about these actors is is that they... No matter how absurd the situation was, they took it seriously. They're like, look, right. I'm getting paid. This is a job. I'm not going to be winking at the camera. I'm not sure, going to sure, ham sure. it up. I'm going to play this shit as best as I can. And it it elevates the material. So I, basically what I'm hearing, this is like our modern day version of that is probably what? Like Owen Wilson? I feel like he's always elevating things, right? I can't even remember the last movie with Owen Wilson as I've seen. Because he's that good. That right? I, that I don't want to see his movies. It's just too good. I mean, it's definitely not Matthew McConaughey. Uh, he, was, he was good in that uh, True Crime, or what was that show called? What was that HBO? True Detective. True Detective. He's great in that. Yeah, well, that wasn't a movie. We're talking movies here. Well, I, he got an he, Oscar for something. He, I, I bought a car I can't afford because of him. Well, first of all, no, none of those guys count because they're not British. Okay. There's something <laughs> about that British accent, it adds gravitas to whatever you're saying. Who and you, you believe it. Who's Sir Patrick Stewart, probably. Who's in that Mickey Blue Eyes? Who's that guy? Mickey Blue Eyes. Yeah, I thought that was a movie. Cape Jones you know, Diary. You know, you know, you know, that you know a guy, a British guy you get, you need some gravitas? Who? Anthony Hopkins. A-Hop? Yeah. Mm. You know, I heard I-Hop changed into I-Hob. Yeah. It's, They're going to do burgers now? really dumb. They need, a, they need to hook up with Anthony Hopkins and just do, like, a whole Silence of the Lambs-themed restaurants and call fava it Fava beans on the side of your... Yeah. Call fava bean pancakes. Fava bean pancakes. Uh, fava bean burgers. You could roll them both, and you're going a new direction. Kid, uh, what was it? Kidney? Liver. Have some liver. I like, I, they're missing out. You we'll know get, who's missing out? People who, that want to listen to... Let's talk about Life Force. No, <laughs> they're really not, rambling no, now. No. <sighs> I mean, we've already gone over pretty much the basis of this movie, right? It was heavily budgeted. Didn't quite do heavily that. Heavily flopped. Heavily, heavily flopped. I mean, we're talking $25 million budget. It made $11 million in the box office. Ahead uh, of its time, though. Yeah. Again, ahead of its time. A lot of special effects to the point where they, when they were getting to the end of the movie, uh, Toby Hooper had to dip in his own pockets to finish it because they didn't think this movie was going to be released because they ran out of money. They were over budget. So some, something we were never going to really talk about in canon movies because they're always under budget. They're always on budget. They just... Right. They're like... I mean, if they were teachers at school, they would send kids home with a note that said, we need everybody to bring in uh, $3 so we can buy pizza for the class. But then she would cheap out and buy Little Caesars pizza and pocket the profit. So, you know, like four pizzas, 20 bucks, and then, you know, she ends up with something like $90 just keeping it. That's why, that's why this country doesn't like teachers. They're not trustful. You can't keep, you can't keep tabs on them. They're always taking pizza money. Is trustful a word? Trustful? I thought it was trustworthy. Trustworthy? Trustful? Maybe you need to see a teacher. Well, I've been talking to teachers. I don't they... trust your teachers. That's for damn sure. Shit, they taught me that word. Are you telling I, me that's could... wrong? I don't, it, does, it sounds <laughs> off. I don't know. 
Trustful? So, I, I, don't, I don't know. What they certainly didn't do was steal my life force, which is a beautiful science that they... This movie, again, exposition out the wazoo, which we're not used to in canon movies. So what exactly is uh, life-sucking or life-force-stealing? Well, really, we forgot to mention that the original title of this movie was Space Vampires. Yeah, it was And called... even Golden Globus were like, that's too tacky. We're not yeah. calling this fucking movie Space all, Vampires. All the people involved were like, eh, we can't call it that. Which is the novel it was based on was called Space Vampires. Of course, when you're selling a dollar book, whatever, call it whatever the fuck you want. But when you're trying to make a big budget movie, you need a. You well, this I think this was like going Globus' shot at the big time. They were like, "We're gonna make our Star Wars." I don't remember where this falls with Masters. This was before Masters. Before Masters, so definitely they were. This was like their first big swing. I think they were like, "Yeah, this is gonna catapult us out of the B movie world, yeah, and into the A list. We're getting Oscars for this shit." Exactly. Didn't and... happen. They deserved it for a couple things, but certainly they didn't get it because Hollywood. But, I mean, this movie is based on an idea of this life-sucking or life-force-stealing. Would you say the life-force is your soul? Would you say that's the same thing? No, it's more than your soul. Because your soul is not really like a physical anything. So what you're you're saying is, because you're an atheist, that we don't have a soul? Uh... No, I don't know what to tell you here. I didn't expect to put on the spot about... I, I I don't know what to say about this. I'm asking, are you ready to give your soul to Jesus Christ? Oh. That was the whole reason to do these things with you. Oh. I'm not worried about you. Uh, yeah, sure, he can have it. I don't care. I'm not really that worried about it. That's my nihilistic approach. I don't give a shit. So what you're saying is your life force is basically the energy in your body. Because it's, energy never goes away. It just turns into different forms or shapes. I, yeah, I, get, I mean, as long as you're willing to accept that it takes some kind of physical form. Because uh, we get to see people have the life force sucked out of them. And, I mean, they go from being normal humans to, like, weird mummified Like people. dried up people. Yeah. They look like they're more jerky than they are human. Well, your life force apparently is electricity. It's like lightning bolts. I mean, that's that's what. Maybe maybe their concept of it was just too too highbrow for the technology. And there was like a kind of a halo effect that like went around you as your life force sucked out. I mean, how how do you dumb it down so people can understand that's what's happening? Maybe that's just how they did it. Maybe maybe they had a different idea of how it actually happened, but. Basically, what happens is you go from looking like a normal guy to looking like super rail thin. You got your bones sticking out everywhere. Your eyes get bigger. That was well, a well. They don't get bigger. Your just head gets smaller. Oh, your head just shrinks in. Okay, okay. Um, but basically, you, you're unconscious after you get your life sucked out of you. You 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 go we're into. Have, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Shouldn't we just start talking about the movie? I wanted to talk about the whole science of life sucking, but if well, you want to get into the movie, I do. Uh, yeah, I want to. I mean, we can talk about it, but it, it's later on. I, I just feel like we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, that that's what I want. Whatever. This movie starts out fucking slow, though. I'm doing anything to get around this fact well, that they went for a space oddity opening. Space oddity? No. God damn it. That, that's space David, oddity. That's David Bowie's yeah. space oddity. I do like space oddity. Um. Yeah. So. 
when this movie came out in the mid '80s, everyone had Haley's Comet fever. Mm-hmm. Everybody, all we were talking about was Haley's Comet. Sure. I'm kind of bummed out. I never saw it, and since it comes oh, it comes once every seven six years. I probably won't live long enough to see it again. So I blew my shot at seeing Haley's Comet, but that's life. We go on. So the premise is Carlson, our hero, played by the coked out Steve Railsback, mm-hmm. who was only thing I else remember him being in. He played Charles Manson in a. 1970s TV oh. movie called Helter Skelter. Okay, that's a good thing to have your name attached to. And, uh, well, I think it made him a star. That's the only thing I can remember him by. You said star, though. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it made him a star. It well, just... it, was, it, was a, you know, it was It was. a big thing back okay, then. Okay, okay. I mean, because, um, you know, everyone, Manson, Manson was, Manson was a Haley's Comet of the 60s, okay, is what I'm trying to say. Everyone was talking about Haley's Manson's <laughs> murders. It, in the it 60s. was the serial podcast. It was Making a Murderer. It was the OJ trial of Basically, the time. Basically, yes. OJ trial is a better. So, uh, they, we're, we're uh, introduced to our, our, uh, our protagonist of this movie, Carlson. I don't remember his first name. I think it was Tom. And he's involved <laughs> with a joint. Space mission program with the British, which I never knew the British had a space program. I mean, forgive me if you're British and you're listening to this, and Everybody. you do. But they're, the whole point of being out there is they're going to observe Haley's Comet. So they're out there, they're, they're chilling out in space. They're looking at Haley's Comet, and they're they go, "Hey, wait! There's there's like a there's like a object that's like 150 feet long inside Haley's oh, Comet. Okay. Inside, so like it's like following behind Haley's Comet. That wa- their mission wasn't to go find. I thought they saw it and they were sh- searching for it. No, they were just observing Haley's Comet. They knew nothing about the oh, spaceship. Okay. So they're like, "Well, we gotta go investigate." So they uh, fly out, and they're they're. Uh, Little uh, spaceman in youth outfits with uh, jetpacks on there. Yeah, man. Go in spaceman. The, they go into this ship. It's, it's gigantic. It's, like I said, it was 150 feet, or 150 feet, 150 miles long. It's shaped like an umbrella, basically. Yeah. Like a closed umbrella. So they go in, and they see all – It's it's as I think Griff mentioned earlier – even though they were going for the hammer horror look and they were trying to go away from aliens, the whole inside of the ship looks like it, an a- inside of an alien yeah. ship. I, I haven't even seen aliens in years, and I was like, that's straight out of aliens. And we see all these kind of like mummified bat people, like bodies yeah. floating around. But they're all, so they're all dead. <laughs> this is when they also had a budget, so there's a lot better like atmosphere and like details and well, everything they, yeah they did the soundtrack was done by henry mancini who's won a bunch of oscars and shit star trek was that what he worked on no he worked he did uh i think his most famous everybody knows the pink panther theme you know that oh okay and he I, did a lot of other shit he's won oscars and i shit. forget who it was they had some guy who did like a bunch of shit on star trek too it might have been that guy but i don't remember i don't know and so we're we we're, we're we seeing all this wonderful detailed Batman's and uh, and they're like, hey, we got to bring one of these back. Like we don't fucking know what's on these things. It could be diseases, alien diseases. We know nothing about. And they're like, oh, don't worry, we'll throw a net on it. That's 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 enough. We don't need like any kind of containment thing. Yeah, it's like some, something you would see on a pirate ship. That kind of net with that loose rope and everything. It doesn't keep diseases or like any kind of contam- no, no, contaminants. No, they, in there. A, they, they know what they're doing. They're spacemen. Sure. Well, they got to be smart. So space while man. they're like checking out this thing, 
the umbrella end of the spaceship opens up, and there's this big lighted area, and they're like, hey, let's investigate that. Gotta One guy's like, there. what the fuck? Let's go back to the ship. Yeah. And, but Carlson's like, no, we have to go. Yeah. So they go in, there's this giant room filled with, like, thousands of, like, crystal coffins. Yeah. And then there's, but they're, like, either empty or they've got, like, dried up bat people in them. Yes. But there's three that have three naked people in them. And they're, 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 they're very human, aren't they? Right, yeah. There's, there's a woman and two men. And fuck those dudes. But this lady. Super hot. Super hot. And Carlson's like, I gotta. I gotta check that out. I gotta get a closer look, if you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. And every guy is like perving out. The one female astronaut's like, guys, throw the fuck up. Can we. We're, we're, we're astronauts here. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, naked lady. Science before sex. Let's do this thing. And Come they're on. like, we're sure as fuck taking these people into our yeah. space shuttle. But they they understood her plight, and they were like, we'll take the dudes with us, too. Right. So they take all three. Yes. And so they put them on the ship, and they're like, hey, let's go back to Earth. Yeah. Right? Got these three weird things. Let's just take it back to Earth. Nothing bad could happen here. No, no, nothing bad has ever happened. Cut to 30 days later. Bad shit happens. Huh. We don't know right now what happened. All Fuck. we know is this, the space shuttle is back in Earth's orbit. It's kind of like it's just floating. It's, nobody's like You can see nobody's operating. Yeah. It. So NASA or whatever the fuck the British version NASA was sends up another space shuttle. To check out what's going yeah, on. Yeah, they're trying to like chime in with them. They're not getting any word back, so they're like, "We got to send, a, we got to send another crew out there to see what the fuck's up." So they get they they link up to the other space shuttle, go in. They realize the whole interior's been burned. Yeah, everything's burned up. There's just skeletons, and uh, they notice an escape pod is missing. Yeah, and there's those three bodies, the vampires. Yep. we don't know they're vampires. We just know they're bodies. At we this just time. yeah, they're just naked bodies. So they're like, well, shit, I guess we'll take these things. Because what unbeknownst to them, what they're not realizing is, is that the female space girl is emitting this attraction like, 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 like Dracula does. Yeah. So you're drawn to them, and you're like, I have to help these people. So they take them back down to Earth, and then they decide, they're like, well, before I get ahead of myself, we're introduced to... Our, one of our major characters, Dr. Falada, who, in, who is basically the Van Helsing character of this uh, movie, who's the, guy, the old guy, he's the expert in all this shit, you know, he's, he's the king of exposition, basically. Yeah. And that's the key word of this movie, it's like, um, they, they've done a pretty good job of, ex- uh, well, I guess throughout the movie they do a pretty good job of explaining everything that's happening to you, and... This is pretty much 90% of the time the guy that's going to explain everything that's going on with our antagonist of the movie. He does, like, he's the info dump. Yeah, he really is. So we're introduced to him, we're introduced to a couple other guys, and they're like, hey, what's this, these coffins made of? They're, like, it's not even, like, made out of human, like, anything that's on Earth. Yeah. And they're like, these people, are they dead? Are they alive? I don't know. So they got him laid out on these. They're going to give him an autopsy. So the girl's laid out. Guards, like, he just, for whatever reason, he's just drawn to her. Maybe it's because she's super hot. I don't know. Yeah. 
He comes in. Looks like he's going to do something to her. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Her eyes open. She gets up. Comes up to him. Does the weirdest fucking kiss I've ever seen on him. <laughs> Sucks out his life force. <laughs> it's not ruining anything to just say that all of the kissing in this movie, aside from one kiss we'll talk about later, fucking weird as shit. It looks like, like two carp fighting over a piece of popcorn or something. Two, you know? Wow. I mean... Like catfish? I, You've it, seen that. It's like when I've seen my dog and another dog fight over a piece of food and they just got all teethy and like uh, weird and aggressive. It, like, look, it looks like if you said, like, you took some, if you talked to an alien or like describe what kissing is and said, now do go do it. And they tried their best, but it was off. Yeah. It, like, it's like making out with your eyes closed. Like you spin somebody around, push them toward them and go start kissing that person. No, about that last one there. You should, I mean, I've never really made out with my eyes open. No, no, you know what I'm talking about, though. Like, you're just going in with your eyes closed. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I know, I'm not staring at somebody when I'm making out with them, Griff. I understand what I I know how to kiss, unlike the Life Force people. Okay. Don't throw me on the bus like that again. Well, I don't know where you learned to kiss, but I'm starting to Not think from that Life Force. It's from Life Force. Wrong. Hmm. Okay. So she basically does the old, this is where we were talking about earlier. She sucks out his life force, which apparently means you, you're a mummy. Yeah. She draws him in with some ability that we're unaware of at this point. But what she does very quickly is just, did she, was it like a mouth transformation there? Was it the kissing? And yeah. then suddenly it was just like you that's have how that. You, that's how you transfer the life force. The energy. Mouth to mouth. Well, I, I thought she did. That's what it looks like. It looks like bad mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really awkward. You could tell like there's no chemistry between the actors. Like, uh, they they were just phoning it in, or they just didn't give a shit at this point, or maybe they were already not getting their. I don't. Full you know, check. I think I think it was it was the director's choice. I think what he was trying to portray, like you're so like. She's so ravishing that you're, like, losing your fucking mind. Oh, like, I just, like that. You're just, like, That's out what, of control. I think if you watch this, that is the best explanation you get for why these people kiss like they kiss. So, meanwhile, while she is sucking this guy's life force out, one of the doctors is noticing this on the security camera. So, he yeah. runs down, busts in, sees the guy's mummified, freaked out, but at the same time, attracted to her. Because yeah. she's using her vampire powers on him. So she talks to him a little bit. We don't. I don't think we hear what she says. Cause we're like watching through the 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 uh, camera. Camera, right? So and and then he just collapses. And then she's like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here," and leaves. And then then what happens after that, Griff? Well, now we've got the 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 head, like the main doctor or whoever he was, main science guy. He's out of commission. They got the security guard out of commission. So this woman. With no clothes, is on the loose, and she's just gonna, you know, she's gonna make her own way, find her own way, find your own way. And uh, you know, they figure out pretty quickly that there's a naked woman walking around the facilities because it's a naked woman. Well, it's, it seems like when you're inside, right and in deep in the facility, they have these like crack special forces guys, but the guys on the outside aren't. They're like 
Night Watchmen type guys. They're not. Oh yeah, not they're very... they're definitely like guys that were just like, oh, you're hard on life right now, man. We got a quick, easy job for you, like you know, collecting money at the border or something. It's just like you're just taking a couple bills. They're not they're not there to really stop any kind of threat. So, so they're uh, just goofing off, eating their lunch or yeah. whatever. I guess it can't be lunch. It's in the middle of the night. But they're eating their meal. Guy's eating a sandwich. And they sh- get a warning. They're like, hey, there's yeah. a naked lady. Stop her. You got you got, you got, to stop her. And they're just like turning to each other like, naked lady? Blah, that's Blimey, a- governor. <laughs> oh, yeah, the British. You got to yeah. go with the accent. I'm not going to try. Uh, we know where that ends good. up. Um, but... Of course, as we're listening to these cops listening on the radio, we see one of their buddy cops coming down the stairs. Who'd you say he was like, Barney Fife or something? No, he looked like Benny Hill. Benny Hill comes down the stairs, and he's just jowls a-blazing. He's just got him. <laughs> there's a naked bird out there. Cool. Gentlemen, there's a bird. I don't know what that accent was. And sure enough, we get, we get these stairs and her feet. So what, but what do you do slowly. when you, you're trying to stop a naked woman? Well... Look, I'm definitely eating a sandwich at the time, and I'm going to be coming over and just, hey, why don't you just come here? And I'm trying to lure her in with a sandwich. I've got a nice turkey, a monster cheese, some spinach. You know, I, I've got a, probably an avocado spread on there, a nice, a nice whole wheat bread or some kind of high fiber so there, I'm getting. I hope there's no gluten in that. that there bread. is gluten because that's where they went wrong, dude. That's that was where they it. Went wrong. Space vampires, it's, you know, uh, Earth vampires, garlic. Space vampires, gluten. Shit, man. Because this is this is my sandwich. It's just like I I cover the the fruit, the veg, and the fiber. You know, I'm gonna be pooping good that night. I know that, that's and I figured basic food a very attractive thin woman wants to also regulate her poop. So I'm saying, come here. I got this sandwich, and I'm thinking, that's that's it. This is gonna. This is a mouse to cheese. This is a, a rat to yogurt. But this as is gonna we've work. learned, she's gluten allergic to gluten, so, and she's pissed. So she does. She just hits. Does she zap him with electricity or something? Yeah, she does some raiding shit at that point. She starts fucking blowing up everything. And, she, and then she blows all the windows out of the. Yeah, because I need to talk about more Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> she just starts zapping shit. Like, we haven't really figured out the full length of her powers yet, but she's very fucking powerful. And I love that fact that she's like, I'm out, and she just walks away. And then by that time, the, like, the real like guards, the important people, catch up to her, and they're like, ah, fuck it, let her go. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's got away. So, she's so, this, gonna... so she escapes. Yep. Which leads us into one of our major characters, Colonel Kane, the Special Forces English guy who comes in. They call him in. They're yeah. like, we got a naked woman. Call Colonel Kane. Colonel Kane knows what to do with naked women. Uh, so we got Colonel Kane coming into the picture. Uh, we, of course, still have the two other crystals hanging around with the dudes in them. They still have those. That was the same facility, right? Right, yeah. Well, so they're still locked down in the same facility. Well, they're in the same situation where they're on a table. Both yeah. of them are together. It was, it was interesting how they separated the female and the male. Like, well, the males were no. together in a room. So they rise up, and they're like, time for us to get the fuck out of here. But by this time, we're prepared. So they get shot the fuck away with machine guns. And blown up with a grenade. So we think they're dead. They're gone. Right. A little fun fact for you. 
Toby Hooper at the time wanted Billy Idol to play one of the male <laughs> vampires because he had directed Billy Idol's Dancing With Myself video. So they were like friends, but it, for, they could never get it together, like scheduling wise. So instead, what they did was they hired Mick Jagger's brother, Chris, to play one of these uh, vampires. <laughs> well, it was a good choice. I don't I don't care because these characters probably have what? Three minutes of screen time total? I don't even think that much. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just saying, we don't need to care about them. They're blown off. I'm just saying, if you're wondering, well, what happened to those other guys? They're blown off. Don't worry right. about it. They get blown up. We got Kane, but we're also going to be getting uh, what ends up being kind of uh, our main character of the movie. Well, no, no. We, don't, we get to that because what happens next is... They're going to do an autopsy on the guard, the shriveled up body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got to figure out what happens to the people who get life forced. Right. So he, they're getting ready right to cut him open, and then his eyes open. And he gets off the table. I'd be like, let's get the fuck out of here. But the. the, the they're all standing around. The just surgeon's talking. like, hey, wow. Oh, you know what it was? Because he used his vampire power. Yeah. The, yeah, he got those. So two. he drew the surgeon into him, sucks his life force out. So if switcheroo, the guard is back to normal, and now the surgeon is a shriveled. Yeah, body. I guess that's the first that we learn about how uh, the vampires, the space vampires, space vampires, have uh, these telekinetic abilities to like lure people, like they, they're they're sirens. Hey, well, well, right, yeah, they're, they're exhibiting the a lot of the, the traditional vampire characteristics. So. They, the guy, he's freaked out. He doesn't know what happened. He's new to being a vampire. He just, he was just acting on instinct when he sucked the life force out of this guy. So they drug him and lock him up. Right. So they lock him up. They lock up the dead body too. They think it's a dead body. What they think? Yeah. Body. And they start like observing them. This is where Doctor Falada comes in. Him, Kane, and this other character named Sir Percy, whose only function is is the guy. He's like supposed to be a high, like up ranked up politician. So basically. Anytime our hero does something totally blatantly illegal, Sir Percy's there to go. It's all right, uh, you know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm a prime minister or whatever the fuck, you know. I'm, I'm there, in parliament. Yeah, there's two characters always egging him on, <laughs> just like, no, 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 no. It's cool. Go, just <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Yeah. So they're locking up. They're observing them. They notice that after two hours, if a vampire doesn't absorb another life force, they become they shrivel up. Yeah. So. The one the, the the guard that was normal, he shrivels up and he just dies. He wants he wants to get to a human, like a zombie would. You know, he he's like, I need to get to you. So he runs at the the bars of that was the second one. Oh, that was the second First one? one. He just this is what I found strange about it. Because I know what you're gonna say or you're gonna get into. He just dies and he just they, they poke him and he just crumbles he turns away a little. It, yeah, to ash. And then the other one, the surgeon he is, like, freaking out because he needs to have a life force because his two hours is almost up. So he lunges. They're, like, in, like, these cages. Yeah. And he lunges at the cage and explodes into a million pieces onto yeah. the guys. Again, into, like, an ash-like consistency. Just... So, of course, Dr. Falada being our exposition machine, our Van Helsing, he's like, oh, I, I timed it. It's two hours. They must feed every two hours. <laughs> so now we know as the audience these have to feed every two hours. Right. Now, at this time, then we, we get reintroduced to Carlson again because they, they find a uh, skate pod somewhere in Texas. It landed. Yeah, he finally lands. They bring him up. You they know. open it up. He's like in a catatonic state. He's got yeah. a beard. He's all fucked up. Clean him up. They're like, get that guy to England. 
So they send him to England. <laughs> Get him to England. That's what they did. <laughs> so he explains what happened. He's like, yeah, you know, we were on the shuttle. We noticed there, we found a body that was shriveled up. You know, what the fuck was going on? Strange shit was happening. People were breaking the radio things. We couldn't call back down to Earth. You know, and then he's like, I realized that I, whatever the fuck these people were, I could not let them get back to Earth. So I set fire to the space shuttle and I escaped in an escape pod. Right. He he was cognitive enough to be like, yeah, th- this was a bad idea. I need to get out of here and I need to make yeah, who sure. Knew? We just, who knew? We just picked up some bodies we found in space. Who knew some crazy shit might happen? For for real. Like, maybe he did have, because we talked about how he was the one who was like, hey, I got uh, to get near these crystals and bring them on board. But somehow, at some point, like, he broke that psyche link and was like, I got to get the fuck his, out of his, here. His and innate humanity came through. Yeah, I mean, like... I, Cut through all the horniness. He's just like, ah, I gotta stop these guys. And I mean, we're continuously being taught that he was very attracted to her. Yeah. Well, what happens is he's like, he's like he explains everything, and then he's like, "Well, I got to go to bed. I'm tired." So he sleeps, has this crazy ass sex dream with Space Girl. Uh huh. He's lying in bed. You think he's? You think you don't know this is a dream at the moment? You just think he's lying in bed. Out of nowhere, this, like, fucking space vampire, like, the bat thing, comes flying at him. Like, out of, it looks like something out of a cheap funhouse. It goes flying at him. And then, boom, it's her. And she's on top of him. And she's wearing a robe. But thankfully, in about 20 seconds, she removes the robe. Starts banging him. <laughs> they start doing that crazy fucking CPR kissing. Yeah. We like, you're, 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 you're training me. This crazy fucking performance you've rails back to. It's like, you're training. <laughs> and so, and so I never got this because she gives him some of her life force, but then she's, it's like, I think this is how you make a vampire. Like well, a, yeah, that's like exactly like my traditional uh, understanding of vampires is like, well, you can kill them and just steal all their blood, or you can, like, breathe life back into them or however that worked out. So that's how they would become a vampire. I don't remember that stupid vampire movie that I wrote about a while ago. Do you remember what, that one where Suik's all into it? No. God damn. I don't remember that vampire, vampire movie. Vampire movie. Yeah, there, there was some. Oh, vampire. Near Dark? Near fucking Dark. Jesus, I hate that movie. Um, not good. Um, I'm so happy what they did with this movie and the space vampires and how they are crazy creatures and everything. Because I'm sick of sexy vampires. And this movie... This had the sexiest vampire of all time. What are you talking about? Yeah, good point. <laughs> but it was also... That wasn't their true form. No. And, uh... I, I, I really appreciate it. Are you saying... It. I know I know what you're talking about. What you're trying... I think what you're trying to say is you're sick of, like... These sexy, sympathetic vampires. You want a monster. I want a monster. And what we're always like being Like that kind of thing? Yeah, it's like the Anne Rice, all oh, the sexy vampire. I mean, Brad Pitt and Tom And Cruise like we're supposed and... to sympathize with them even though they feed on human blood and all exactly. that shit. Exactly. Like, we realize what we're doing is wrong, but we only do it. It's, it's not Dexter, you know? It's <laughs> bullshit. It's all bullshit. I like these vampires where they're just like, we're trying to take over your fucking bitch ass. They're like going around galactusing people. They're just like, we're going to consume your whole planet so we can have this life force up here. 
Exactly. I'm not getting ahead of the movie here, though, right? No. <laughs> I'm moving along very fine. But what we, we learned from this uh, this dream was he breaks up, he's freaking out. Our man, Dr. Falada, I love the character, Dr. Falada, by the way. Yeah, he's he like, great. Do you mind if I hypnotize you? Yeah. And he's just like, he's like I, I, I can find out things if you hypnotize. He's like, go ahead. So they hypnotize him, and we learn that not only was she like – because she gave some of her life force to him, he has a psychic link to her. So he can see what she's seeing. And he learns that, and we learn as the audience, that she can take her like consciousness and put it into other people's bodies. Yeah. So she, uh, so what he's seeing is he's seeing through the eyes of this woman who she's taken over. She's like, I don't know, somewhere out in this, like, the hills somewhere. I don't know. And she sees that she's like she she's hit, he's like hitchhiking. She uses her powers to make this like guy who's like he has a like flat tire like you know it's like holy shit. There's this hot woman. I'll, I'll give you a ride. Yeah. So she she gets a ride from this guy, and he can see through his psychic power the license plate. So this is how they're gonna find out where she's at. Yeah, he's got that nice mind link, which of course is gonna help us lead right to where she is. And also, she so since she's in this body, she hid her the sexy body somewhere we don't know. We're that's, we're gonna find out later on where this body is hidden. But all we know right now is that her consciousness is inside this woman's body. Right. So, um, I think we also I think we also learned that at this time the space station picks up the fact that the spaceship, the the vampire spaceship that was at, in Haley's comet, is now. Heading toward Earth, right? They it's don't know what it's why it's coming back, but they're like, "Hey, just let you know, that's it's like orbiting Earth right over London right now." Right, and we certainly can't get into all the exposition that this movie did, so just bear with us and just come along for the journey. Um, but now that we know, um, I mean, we got a license plate, so we're gonna get a hold of the authorities and figure out exactly where this license plate is who it belongs to, and, uh, well, doesn't that lead us straight to uh, a mental institution? Yes, because apparently, well, this was also, I didn't, I don't think I covered it at the beginning, but there's a lot of allusions to the original Bram Stoker Dracula in this movie, and this is another one where, in the original one, the uh, Mina, the heroine of, the, of Dracula, her father ran a uh, insane asylum, so... This is kind of like an, uh, an homage to that, where there, they, there's a scene that takes place in an insane asylum for the criminally insane. But yeah. apparently, this is like the coolest criminally insane place because this woman, who's apparently criminally insane, lives in an apartment where she can leave whenever she wants to. Yeah, she she's living the sweet life. She gets to probably live for pretty much rent free. She uh, gets to hang out. Or, yeah, yeah, you said it all. You said it all. I don't know why I'm trying to build this up in any way. So I'm we doing learned a terrible that, job. We learned that the uh, the woman's name is Alan. She resides at this insane asylum run by the great Patrick Stewart. Mm, Patty Stew. Who, uh, did I ever tell you the story about my meeting Patrick Stewart? Dude, uh, I can't remember. I feel like I would remember that. I don't remember that. So okay, let's hear this it. is a total tangent, but fuck it. I want to tell a story anyway. We've done eight already, so go ahead. Okay. All right. This is pro- – gather around, kids. Uncle Tim's going to tell you a story. I'm going to grab another drink while you do this, so just – Okay. I'm listening. You might need it. So this is like 89.90, and uh, my mom loves Star Trek. 
big Star Trek nerd, and she fucking loves Patrick Stewart. So we hear that Patrick Stewart's going to be showing up at a Star Trek convention in our area. So you know, I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not a next generation guy, but I, I, I dig the Kirk and Spock stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking go. So the whole family, we decide we're going to go check this out. And you got to remember, this is like 1990. I'll fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? Uh, probably 16. Okay. I would have said I'd fucking go by then. Yeah, that. I believe it now. So. Uh, so we decide, you know, and you got to remember, this isn't like now where like nerds have taken over the world and everyone, it's cool to go to Comic-Con and, and like Star Trek stuff. No, this was totally the Star hardcore Star, Star Trek people. Yeah. So we're there. I actually think I got like a shirt. It was like, it had the, the Vulcan harp, you know, that Spock plays. And yeah. it, said, it said like Spock rocks or some that's, shit on it. That's awesome. And I, I just want to point out, it's basically... You're talking about the age, and I just watched some of this wonderful show this weekend when I was at the cabin. Uh, uh, Saved by the Bell. It's the typical Saved by the Bell nerd style, where it was like, oh, brother, the screech over here with his Star Trek. Yeah, they were, they, it was, that, that was what it was, if yeah. you were into this shit. So there wasn't a lot of people. It's probably, I don't know, a couple hundred or something. So then they do the thing where they... they Patrick Stewart's on stage, and he gets the Q&A and everything. So we're sitting there, and, and then this, these people come up, and they're holding the baby. And they go, uh, they go, Mr. Stewart, we want to introduce you to our child. We're such big fans. We named this baby Jean-Luc Jackson, whatever the fuck their name was. And the look of fucking oh, horror boy. on Patrick Stewart's face... Was you could? There's no way he could hide it. And I don't blame him because I was like mortified. I was like, "What? Don't don't do this, people. Don't name your kids after your favorite fictional characters. All Please right? don't. Don't don't name them Harry Potter or whatever. Don't because this kid's got to be like twenty nine thirty right now. Yeah, probably goes by JL. He ain't going by Jean Luc for fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, maybe he is because it's cool now to have this nerdy shit, mate. Uh, you know, but what? you know, his life was hell. His school life was hell. It could have been. I mean, growing up with the weird name, I don't. I didn't go through hell. Uh, I don't think a lot of kids... you were named after a popular nerd character. Yeah, though. but I don't think a lot of people. I didn't know who Jean Luc was until I was like twenty. But how many like American people are named Jean Luc? So. Way to just shit on my story, Griff. What the fuck are you doing? Well, now you're like, well, it's okay. Name your kids, Jean Luc. No, your story's great. I just don't think that many people even got it. But it's still a shitty thing to do. Don't name your kid after a popular character that you enjoy. I don't want to go out next week I mean, and find a bunch of Moanas or whatever the character. I mean, for that you could change your is. name to Jean Luc. That's your life. But you're putting your like nerd shit onto right. someone else's life, and they should be allowed to pick whatever the fuck they want. I mean, I guess you can't pick your name. You can pick your name as you're an adult, but yeah. still, think about it a little more. That's what I'm saying. It's an interesting thing where it's just like. Yeah, sure, that's your kid's life, and eventually they live their own life, but you, you're still starting up. You're still making that d- big decision. They're not making that when, you know, they're eight or something and name themselves Tonka Tough. Uh, that was what I wanted to name myself, Tonka Tough. Tonka Tough, Griff, Samuel, Hagman was what I wanted my name to be. Um, but it, it's like... It, it, that, that's a that's a big decision. You should get them off to a good start, and I think a lot of people do a good job of that. But then you have these few who are like, "I need to be different and name my kid Apple or name my kid John Luke." 
Just don't don't do well, it. Well, you need to be different, then you be different. You it, change your name to Apple. Yeah, or, it's or it's not that's a completely different life. That's right. That is exactly right. Stop trying to live vicariously through your kid to make your kid the nerdiest kid in the world. You be the nerdiest you. Don't make your kid some kind of weird nerd. Yeah, it's like you don't want. It's like. Forcing your kid to like the sports team you like or something. Exactly. It's like, let them be themselves. I love sports, and I would never push that on anybody. If you want to talk to me about baseball, I can talk your ear off, but I'm not going to start that conversation. That's fucking horrible. Speaking of that, I'm definitely going to name any offspring of mine. Milton Bradley, a baseball player. Mookie Betts, also a baseball player. Uh, Catfish Hunter. Douglas Fister, uh, my favorite baseball player. You know, I'm going to definitely do that because... I'm not going to contradict my point that I was making a minute ago. I'm going to name my kids something cool. Well, well those are cool names. <laughs> Coco Coco Crisp. You know what also was a cool name? Patrick Stewart, which takes us back to the movie. <laughs> Please, let's get back to this fucking movie. So we're introduced to uh, Dr. Armstrong, played by Patrick Stewart. Oh, that was his name? Yes. <laughs> I just put him down as Patty Stew. And he's like, oh, yes, I have... I." Ellen, yes, I know who she is. I'll I'll take you to her. But he's acting weird. He's like, "Why do you want to see her?" And like, "Yeah, a fuckface." Because I love this thing. Carlson, like stranger in a strange land. He is no clout at all in England. Totals like motherfucker. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, Carlson is awesome. <laughs> he is okay. Again, this is a slower movie, and so Carlson is like the 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 person who's just like. Speed it up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. He is like, he is the fucking slammer on the pog stack, guys. He is just like, let's move things 100% faster. And so Patrick Stewart acting weird. And somehow I knew that and you knew that. And it's almost like because Patrick Stewart's such a good actor that you know when he's like, I'm playing a character who's playing another character. Right. So he's like, I, I think I should be in the, the, yeah. the interview with Ellen. And they're like, oh, motherfucker, back off. We got this covered. It's a good thing he doesn't get in on this interview so, because this interview with Ellen, Kane, and Carlson, uh, Fuego, and I know we're doing British things here, but I don't know what they really do with fire, so we're going with Fuego. Because well, as we established, since he has that psychic link with Space Girl, he can when he can touch people, and if she her consciousness is inside their body, he can tell she's in there. Yeah, so he's like. I know she's in here. I think he even says he can get it from kind of auras, too. Maybe. I'm pretty sure. So he, he's like, I know you're in there! Yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he's like she's that shake. He's like, I know you're there! Yeah. And then he's, in, he's like, he just rips her fucking back of her shirt off, and she's got all these marks on her back. Yeah. And he's like, she's an extreme masochist! She <laughs> likes this! If you can't handle this, Kane, get the fuck out! <laughs> it's okay. Kane's just sitting on the couch... Not bothered at all. Like, he could just be sipping on tea. No big deal. Like, he's oh, like, yeah, I'm used to this kind he's of like, thing. He's like, you know, I've always been a natural voyeur. I'm a natural voyeur. Keep at it. So he's just letting him. He's slapping the shit out of this he, woman. He's just like, get out of there. In typical, in typical canon fashion. Because, again, we're going back to our normal canon lineage here. So we're just like, oh, they're just hitting this woman for no reason. But no. He's got perfect drive. Well, he. Well, this is what threw me off because you're like, well, she's got to be in there, but she's not. He's like, and then he's like, she's gone. She's not in here. Yeah. After he just beat the shit out of this woman. Yeah. So yeah. He's like, oops, sorry about that. Sorry, I sorry. thought you were somebody else. 
And then, I, he's, but, I then thought, he, but then he's like, and then the, I think because doesn't Patrick barge in like, what the fuck's going on here? And he's uh, like, only after he's like slapped the shit out of her, <laughs> made out with her. So he's like, Kane, come and, here a second. I got to tell you something. Yeah. And this is where we learn that why Patrick Stewart's acting so weird because Space Girl is inside Patrick Stewart yes. right now. So he makes out with the girl and they're like, all right, I'm done with her and just kind of like toss her on the ground and they walk out. Patrick Stewart's waiting. They carry on like, do you have this other weird guy? And they explain some other guy. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah. The, you mean the child murderer? Exactly. And so they're like, yeah, we got to see him next. And he's like, well, this is very unprecedented, <laughs> gentlemen, but I will take you there. So he takes him. And he's like, I must insist I stay in the room. And that's when he's like, well, they're like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. And they go have an exclusive conversation in the hallway. Right. And he's, he's like, hey, man, it's it's in Patrick Stewart. Yeah, we're not privy and, to that conversation, but... Right. So, he's like, we need drugs, too. So, they get these syringes of this shit. Yeah, and they, get, they get one dose of morphine or something. And they, no, it was like sodium pentothal, so one of those, like, yeah. truth serum type shit. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we're going to use it on this guy. This guy's like this fat, creepy guy in, like, a straight jacket. They're like, we're going to use it on him. Yep. But no, they ain't. Because they, they go, zoink, and they just stab Patrick they, Stewart they in the get arm. In, they close the door, and then Carlson just bear grabs him, and somebody <laughs> well, else is plunging. So, like, him. the orderly's like, oh, what the fuck's going on? And, like, Carlson's like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> we know what we're doing! <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay, whatever. Like, I love how everyone is acquiesces to anything Carlson says. If you just, if you, I guess if you say it crazy enough, they're like, whatever, do what you got to do. Exactly. Well, you must know what you're talking about. You're yelling really loudly. So well, fortunately, you know why? Because Lord Percy's around. So Lord Percy goes, oh, boy, he can do whatever he likes. You know? Oh, there, gentlemen, just go ahead and back <laughs> out of here. Let the adults handle it, child. So he's, he's like, orderly, shut the fuck up. Get me more of this sodium pentothal. Stat. And he's like, whatever you say. So like, we need a room. So they take him up to this, this room, strap Patrick Stewart down. He's like, look, dude, I got enough fucking sodium pentothal to kill 20 people. Good. That's what we need. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you might kill this guy. What if we do? So what? Get the fuck out of here. So it really just takes off. And uh, so they, they, he's, they give him another dose of this sodium pentothal. Start talking to Patrick. So this brings out. Yeah. Carlson's getting him real close. Like, I know you're in there. You got you, come talk to me, and they're about to give him the second dose, and that's when uh, I don't know. What I to think call what her. happens is when they give him the same pentothal, it traps her in the body. She can't. Yeah, escape. they talk about how it creates some kind of trap block, and how we can't see her, and I don't know. So the what happens is a big he, Carlson's looking at at Patrick Stewart. Yeah, but what we're see, we're seeing through his eyes, he sees Matilda May, the beautiful space girl. Yeah. So she's talking to him, and she explains, which I the theory I had in the beginning, and I'm glad it proved out to be right, is is that their natural state is the space, like the Batman state that we see in the beginning. But when they, when he his spaceship flew close to their spaceship, she read his mind, and she could tell yes. the most what he most desired, and the most beautiful woman he would ever desire, and it was so he she transformed into this form. Yeah, exactly. Everything he would want in and be completely attracted to, and be like, "Well, I've got to free this thing." So you know, like that kid and free Willy to free Willy or Willy, you know. So he was like, "I got to free this whale." He was like, "I got to free this woman." 
I love that analogy. I don't know why you're like just. And I'm I'm still. I'm in Carlson's state of mind right now, <laughs> where I'm Go just ahead. like. So he's just like, get out of my head, and he's just screaming at her, and uh, slap. I didn't know he slapped her, but but then and then he then he goes no. in for a kiss. Yeah, he's he's. Resisting, he's su- yeah, he's like super intense. He's like yeah. all up in in Patrick Stewart's grill. We're seeing Matilda May. It's really Patrick Stewart. It's a psychic showdown. <laughs> she knows how to use her powers very well. He he knows how to like use it, but he doesn't know how to like. He 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 can juggle three things. He can't juggle four, five, six. He can't juggle a chainsaw. He's not quite there. So he's trying to resist really hard, but he's being lured in because. As she's revealing, like, I turn myself into everything you want. He's getting closer and closer. So what he's seeing is beautiful Matilda May. Yeah. What Kane and Purple Percy are seeing is Patrick Stewart. Yeah. So he starts making out with Patrick Stewart. And, of course, a wonderful fact that we all need to take home with us tonight is this is Patrick Stewart's first on-screen kiss. And the it, very first. And it was... <laughs> And it was the best kiss in the movie. It was the most we, natural, normal-looking kiss in the movie. We will talk about several other kisses in the movie, <laughs> and this is the only one where you're like, oh, they look like natural human beings. So maybe Carl Rickenbacker or whatever the guy's name is and Patrick Stewart. Carlson. Well, Patrick Stewart's just a great actor, so that's why he kisses so well. But the oh, other Steve guy, Rail's back? Yeah. Yeah, Steve Rail's back. He, I, he might just be uh, – that's what I, I, it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of the podcast. Patrick Stewart's a true pro. And he, he, he's like, I know is. how to kiss like he a normal is. human being. He's like, I know I'm a vampire, but I'm going to kiss like a normal human he being. He was probably also on set for maybe like three days. So I think, does she start sucking his life force out? Because shit starts happening. The room starts spinning around. Oh. The orderly comes in for a second. He's like, what the fuck? I'm out of here. He walks back out. I don't know what to explain because she – I don't know if she was exactly looking for life force at that point. I she think, was just trying to hop, body hop. She, I think she was just escaping because okay. she gets away. Well, well, wait. First of all, what happens is – yeah, I think you're right. She tries to escape and she, then she can't. She, so she just stops doing the shit, you know, like spinning the room around. Unfortunately, Lord Percy gets killed in this whole thing. He gets thrown against the wall, breaks his neck. Yeah. So they're like, was was he like? Did he? Is this where he learned where she hid the body? Because hid the body. You know, I we got to go no. back just for a second because there was a scene before all this happened where where Doctor we're back at the spa, the science uh, institute with Doctor Falada, and he gets he but it's by chance he gets in the mail this bitching looking like a uh, sword yeah and while he's he's just, he's just unpacking it it's for no reason and he's like studying the vampire tissue and then who walks in but our buddy chris jagger the male vampire okay and we're like oh shit and so then then we cut away we, so we're just assuming dr filati gets killed sure so then we go back to then we go back to patrick stewart they're on the helicopter they're like we got to go we got to go talk to dr filati things yeah to so we have hell breaks Loose in the office, and they're just like, "Fuck it, we're out of here." So they're on the helicopter. What happens is the 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 uh, the uh, pilot gets like uh, a call in. London's gone crazy. People are killing each other. There's fucking like riots and all this shit. So they're like, "We don't have time to go see Doctor Falada." So we're going to talk to him. So they call Doctor Falada. You see, 
what happened, we thought at the time, at the scene I told you earlier, we thought Dr. Filati got killed, but oh no, he killed the male vampire. So we, what we're seeing is he's on the phone, and there's a male vampire laid out, and he's got the sword in his stomach. Yep. So this is where we bring it back to more of the traditional vampire. So this is where we need another info dump. So I, I actually, I wrote, <laughs> what did I, Let's I, get that sweet exposition. Just go ahead and just find so, it there in your notes. So what, uh... He's the doctor for a lot. He figures this out like off the bat. He's like, what you need is a is a leaded iron contraption, and you need to stab him two inches below the heart in the energy center. Yeah, the energy center. And this is this is goes back to what I said. Anybody else, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But he plays it with such gravitas that yeah. you're like. Totally. That's we have, of course could, we have an energy center two inches below our heart. You could tell that character had been practicing, like in his character, he has been watching enough shit, following enough conspiracy theories to be like, I know how to stop these. <laughs> like, like, uh, like how I st- so study do think, reptilians. Do you think he that that sword he had? Did he order it because he knew he needed to kill vampires, or just luck by chance it just happened to be there? Again, reflecting on me here. I have ordered so many different uh, weapons that people are like, this is the dumbest looking thing ever. And I'm like, yeah, but this is the only weapon that can stop the reptilians. Here's what the thing is. The reptilians have a nice scale. They have scales and everything. you got to find the soft spot. It's kind of near their gills, like on a fish where it would be near their heads. Kind of Reptiles near their eyes. have gills? Uh, no, I'm saying in comparison oh. to a fish, oh, like okay. kind of behind the eyes but in the face. So he knew. He's been following the conspiracies. He was an early internet adopter. Well, I don't know if you extracted all that from his character, but I did. Well, we did learn earlier that he is an expert in necroology. I knew some bullshit term they made up where life after death. And that's what his whole thing was his rap was about. Well, so he probably knew how to kill everything. I also think he was banging dead people. Like one of those mummy bodies? No. Normal dead people. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. But I think he was attracted to the weird dead people, too. <laughs> so we learn how to kill the vampires. Nice, ne- nice info dump, Dr. Falada. We love you. So I think at this moment, Space Girl's like, fuck, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so, she... So what she does is, she does what she would normally do. She, I guess she's in the blood of Lord Percy and Dr. Armstrong, because the blood... Sucks out of both the characters. Yeah. And it becomes... A, it's actually a pretty cool effect. She becomes a blood version of her. Yeah. And uh, there, there's a cut of this uh, that we posted on the Instagram feed already. And it's... <laughs> and, again, one of the most popular memes out there is uh, Patrick Stewart as John Luke Picard. Like, you know, uh, uh, just kind of holding his forehead. But... <laughs> and it was a dummy? Yeah. Of uh, Patrick Stewart bleeding blood. Well, out of every orifice. Yeah, out of his eyes, out of his mouth, and out of his ears, I think, too. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So, but, like, she becomes like a blood thing over. Th- I don't know. I forget what she says to. Yeah, I don't. I, I've, I watched it twice, and I don't remember what she says. But then and she's like, aha, I escaped. And so she's, she's going to go back to her body that she hid. So, that, this is where it kind of gets foggy for me. So, how do they find out? Where her body because is, is it the psychic link he has with her? I mean, eventually they're gonna follow the clues uh, back to uh, her body. I mean, they um, 
I forget exactly what it was that led him there, because uh, we get more Hellbreak loot. Well, what they well, do is they go back to, like, so London's been totally, like, walled off. They're like, because people, the, everyone's become a vampire, and they're attacking each other, they're sucking yeah. each other's life forces out. And it's funny, because now they're like zombies. Yeah. They, they don't even look like the mummy. I guess probably because of budget issues. They couldn't right. make everyone a mummy. So... And top of this Dawn of the Dead remake, we had running zombies in Life Force 15 years before you guys. Right. So they're chasing everybody. The army's like, you can't go in there, man. And Steve Railback Carlson is like, fuck it. I am. Because so, I think it's the psychic link. He learns that she is in like a, a cathedral. Right. So he's like, he, but he, he fakes Kane out. He's like, Kane, I'm going to go see Dr. Falada again. And Kane's like, okay. And he takes off, but he's really going to go see her because he's drawn to her still. So Kane is like, fuck, I got to go catch up to Carlson. And he's still thinking he's going to Dr. Falada. So he goes to Dr. Falada at the Science Institute. So I think this, so we get another nice info dump for Dr. Falada because we also unfortunately learned that Dr. Falada, even though he killed the vampire, he became a vampire. Yeah. Um, I mean, we find out he became a vampire eventually when Kane confronts him. We know that, um, we learned that, uh, more exposit, more background on Carlson's time in the spaceship, what he did, what he broke, how he, uh, how the vampire drew him in with a love he can't even explain. It was just on a whole nother level. You mentioned the hell breaking loose. Well, the whole point uh, of the por- the important part of uh, Kane going to Dr. Flood is he gets that sword. Well, yeah, he's got the sword. So he's like, and then I think Dr. Falada told him that she was, because he, yes, because Dr. Falada has a link there because oh, he explains it. If you, on the radio. If you are, no, this is when they're talking, because he explains if you are a vampire, you have a link to the main vampires. Oh, okay. And so he knows where she is. So he shows she's in the cathedral. Yeah, he explains to her, to him. And based on the visuals they give us at this point, it's kind of easy because there's this big blue streak <laughs> leading to a cathedral. And so Carlson's missing at this point, and it's because well, what, he's going. Well, there's also, there's also a big blue ray that's going up into the spaceship. And there's also that. Yeah, there's so many clues. This is a fucking <laughs> Blue's Clues episode at this point. Because blue can do what blue can do. I don't remember. So what Dr. Falata explains is basically the the last remaining male vampire. He's flying around absorbing all of these souls that are being sucked up in London. But for some reason, he has to go through her in order to to go up into the ship. So, So she's in the cathedral absorbing all of the things that he's spitting out on her. Going up into the ship. It's a, it's a typical proxy tunnel. To bring it back to, like, internet terminology here, it's a proxy <laughs> tunnel. It's like he's got to proxy all of her stuff uh, to her and then up to this weird spaceship. So at this time, Carlson, he makes it to the cathedral. He sees her. She's thankfully naked again. Thank and you. she – did I mention that Matilda May has seven minutes of, of screen time no. in this movie? But she's so hot. You, that's the only thing you remember from this movie. You, you ask anyone on the street if they've seen Lifeblood, Lifeblood, Life Force, Life Force. They'll go, "Oh, you mean the naked vampire chick one?" Yeah, it, that one. It, it is kind of. I mean, I tried watching this on Sunday, and I got uh, after I watched it again a second time, I got forty five in forty five minutes into it before I started falling asleep because again, 
Canon is known for we don't bother to explain anything to you. They We're don't just do the, get they right don't do the in. slow burn. So Canon. this they put a lot of trust in Toby Hooper when he you know when they assigned him to this project. Well, it's a slow movie. Um, it's worth watching, and you definitely should. But it took me two watches. I had to watch it again today, uh, at least the last hour of it, to figure out you know th- th- this later portion. I, I, all, I the last thing I remember is Patrick Stewart vomiting blood, and that's about it. So Carlson sees her like laying on this I don't know stone thing. Yeah, she's on like a catacomb or whatever. And he, and then she goes. She and then she drops this bombshell. You're a vampire. Yes. And we're like, what? What? And she's like, yes. And that's why we were drawn to each other. And then she explains that we come back to Earth like with Haley's comet every seventy-eight days, six years. There the fuck is. <laughs> you said seventy-six. And we, yeah, I guess, I, I, it's funny because 76 years ago, we never heard about this thing where thousands of people were, souls were taken from them. But apparently this is what they do. Well, she, you know, we erased the history books. We're doing it now. So, so. are we, so I'm, we're led to believe maybe he got left behind. I don't know. But you also got to believe he had a childhood. He had a life. How was he a vampire? Uh, why, what happened? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. How that. how did he not turn into like a mummy at any time? I have to a lot imagine. of questions for a movie that has so much exposition. This is where they say "fuck it," you're on your own. Again, Figure it out. This is well, no, the script was probably written, but either way, this is probably where they were just like, we just need to finish things up. We need to wrap, <laughs> wrap it, it up. up. Wrap, wrap it up. Probably there was up. probably another 15 minutes of exposition and canon. They're like, "fuck that," finish it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's like, "All right." And he just gets naked, and they're like standing. They're right next. They're facing each other naked, and all the souls are going through them. Yeah. At this time, Kane shows Kane. up. The male vampire's like, "I ain't letting you in here, motherfucker." He, he's on the stoop, and he's just like getting all this energy. You're like, "Oh god, these guys are gonna be strong as shit right now." So, Kane, a human with this weird spear thing, he's got no chance, right? Well, that's what the vampire thinks. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suck your soul next." He's like, "Suck on this motherfucker." Yeah, throws a javelin throw. No, he walks it into oh, him. Does he? Yeah, the 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 vampire is just like, "You should probably get a little closer, don't you think?" He is so overconfident that he's unstoppable. But we already know the life force is two inches below the, heart. below the heart. The energy center. The, uh, excuse me. The energy, the energy center. The energy center. Turns his leather heart with a just, just, leaded iron spear. Just look at the nipples and form a triangle two inches below the heart, and there you go. That got Scottish, I think. <laughs> or whatever it did. I don't know. Uh, whatever it was, kills the fucking male so, yeah, vampire. He walks up, he stabs him, he flies backwards. So I was like, oh shit, is shit happening? Because a uh, male vampire guy is just like emitting crazy energy, and then he turns into a bat. Yeah, he turns into his natural form. He turns into the natural form, which is some crazy bat fucking creature. And then he does this explosion, disintegrates, he does something. Disappears. Oh, okay. Just boop, gone. So then, so then, so Kane grabs, picks his sword up, and I'm going to need this again. Yeah. Runs in, he sees that they're doing their thing. There's like a portal hole going on right like he's, like yeah so like they're like in the catacombs yeah like they're, the basement they're of in the a basement picture. he's, he's on, on a the top floor. level 
He's looking down. You can see Carlson's Carol, mind's been blown. He's like, I'm a vampire. But he still retains enough of his humanity. Yes. That he's like. He's fighting it. He's fighting with all it's worth. You know, he's having mind-blowing sex with this woman. He's still fighting it. So He's like Magic Johnson with AIDS, you know, where he's still Whoa, living. Got, oh, it got a little dark there. Oh, sorry. Did it? Yeah. Well, I'm I just like trying Magic to Johnson. say. Well, no, Magic Johnson's great. It's just that he's had uh, HIV or whatever forever, yeah. and he's been living through it. That's kind of what uh, Carlson's going through. He's been living as a vampire without stealing life forces that we know of. So he has enough cognizance to like see Kane. Kane tosses him the, the sword. He does. I don't know how he does it. But yeah, he, he, it's a really long. It's a five foot long sword. He is making out with this woman, grabs the sword from behind her, and plummets it through both of them. Both of them. So you figure that's it. They're like dead. It's done. And this and then I, your guess is as good as mine is what happens. The they the the they pull it back out or is it what happens because I this no they just disappear. <laughs> well, no, they fly up into the ship. No, they turn into energy. But yeah, but you can still see them. They're still people. Mm, I don't no, think they were people. No, they were people. Okay, they were people because they had a view where you were like looking down and they're flying up. Okay. But I think I don't know if it gets pulled out, but the 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 sword clatters back down to the ground. I remember the cut to Kane. He's just watching, like, all the energy kind of swoop away into space so, with all well, the Well, no, dead it goes bodies. back into the ship. and he, that, so, so basically what ha- so, so the happy ending is everybody in London is still dead. All their souls are sucked up into the spaceship. Yeah. Spaceship is, says, fuck it. They go on. Spaceship takes they, – yeah. I'm assuming that Carlson and Space Girl survived, and they're going to go on and, until they need more life forces. We don't know. They they built this up like they were planning to do another movie about this. Uh, you know, they've done Blu-ray releases. Because, again, this is a good movie. You should watch this movie. Um, they they re-released it on Blu-ray. They did a director's cut, which is the version I had, which sounds like it was the same version you watched. It was. But, um, no, there, there's a reason this movie is getting released, it, it re-released. It, it's, it's a good movie, but... I never, I never saw any kind of rumor that they were planning on doing more with it, but they definitely well, build you know, it up. Cannon always had to leave that door open. Yeah, like maybe I, it, that's probably exactly what it was. They were just leaving the door open in case somebody came to them with a five million dollar script instead of a fucking uh, twenty five million dollar script to do a second movie. Because yeah. it, I like a lot of a lot of uh, the, the 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 lore and like. Uh, the rules of this universe. I thought it was kind of cool. Well, basically what it set up, I think Dr. Falad explained, all the, the the myths and folklore of vampires come from these guys. Like, every like that's where our whole idea of vampires came from, were these space vampires. Okay. So that I think that's also how he knew so much shit, like how to stop them. Right. So, yeah, it just ends. Kane's like, oh, well, at least I'm not dead. And they Man. go off into space, and that's it. Few credits. Ah, uh, boy, I don't know where to go from uh, from here. Well, I don't. I I think the one thing I, if I had kind of came away with anything from this movie, and this is probably gonna give me a lot of hot water with our buddy Sean Pigeon, is that I'm gonna say it right now. This is a bold hot take. I'm gonna say Matilda Mays, the hottest '80s chick uh, out there. Did Did you even uh, preface that last week too? 
I thought yeah. you said something. Yeah, you yeah, did. I did, and I'm saying it again. I'm, I'm cementing it now because now I had a vague idea, and now I'm cementing it by saying yes. I'm, oh, shit. I'm putting my flag in the, in the, in the top of Mount Everest of hottest 80s chicks. Okay. I say she beats Joyce Heiser from Just One of the Guys. Oh, wow. Okay. It's close. I'm not saying it's like a runaway. Even uh, the story behind how they casted this girl was amazing because it, it was just like they were uh, – they were being uh, uh, blacklisted, and like uh, a guild of uh, women actresses were just like, "No, you can't go meet with him." So they ca- like, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? But they auditioned like fifty different girls, and people were just taking them up on a free flight. I forget where they were doing their auditions, but they're flying up. All, let's probably say probably London. Yeah, somewhere. let's say London. They're flying all these girls out from uh, Germany. And this was a German girl. Um, I thought she was German? Yeah. I thought she was French. No, I thought she was German. Um, maybe she was had a French name or something, but I'm pretty sure it was like most of the girls were from Germany. Uh, so, so they were just all taking it for the free flight to go out there, and then they would blow off the audition. Well, when you hear the movies called Space Vampires, what are you going to do? It wasn't know? even about that. It was about just... No, I think that was probably the the rationale. It was like, this is a dumb fucking movie. I'm not getting naked for this fucking I, movie. There probably was some of that, I'm sure. But it was mostly like the, hey, you're going to be naked in every scene. Because the only scene she's not in where she's clothed, she's not... That's not her. It's another actress. So every... All well, five minutes she's in, she's naked. No, there's a couple, but she's she gets naked like almost immediately. Yeah, okay. Like the dream scene, she has like a robe type thing on, but immediately it comes off. See, she so she's awkwardly kissing <laughs> naked. So they had a hard I time. I think that was probably the thing. It was like, yeah, you're gonna get naked. Yeah, so what? You're gonna have to do some weird CPR kissing. No, yeah. that's where I draw the line. Okay, I'm not doing that. I'll, that's probably uh, what happened. Yeah, I'll leave some room for that as a possibility. But it, that there's a lot. Of, like any canon movie, there's so much interesting background stuff because they're such weird uh, uh, producers, I guess we should call them. Like they obviously provide the money for all these, but they have such weird standards. And when they step in, you get really weird results. And then the people they hire do really weird things. So the if you have the privilege of seeing any kind of director's cut where they have commentary or anything... These were the kind of movies that were made for director's commentary. Yeah. Like, honestly, re- who gives a fuck what happened behind the scenes of Black Panther or Avengers Infinity War? Who gives a shit? It's, it's these probably, weird movies you yeah, want to hear the story. Exactly. It's probably going to be like, hey, we all got along and had a good time and we're happy people really enjoyed the movie. When you... I mean, if anybody has seen any of... Uh, there's two uh, Golden Globus documentaries out there because, of course, when they heard there was another one being made, they were like, well, we got to make our own first and got it out before the other one. I never saw that one. I still haven't seen the other one either, but... I've seen Electric Boogaloo. I exactly. I saw Electric Boogaloo, too, because that was canon endorsed, of course. Um, no, that wasn't the one that was endorsed. That, was that wasn't the canon one. Oh, really? Yeah. What was the canon one? It was called, like, The the Boys from something. Maybe Boys from Israel. I don't know. It was... Oh, shit. I didn't see Because they one. actually mentioned at the end Electric Boogaloo that they rushed out and oh, decided to do their fuck, own. fuck. You're right. I've never seen that one. Though. I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Damn it. I'm an asshole now. I, I either way I um, there seriously 
all these movies, I really want to know the director comedy commentary behind half of them. Kinjete, I would love to hear the director's commentary behind that one. Like, especially if it was done within like the last four years, that'd be amazing to hear. Well, this is why we need to keep DVDs around. You got streaming, you're never going to get these great stories, man. You could probably do, uh, yeah. There, there needs to be a market for. For all these weird movies. We need to know what these people were going through. I mean, not everybody's a David Lynch where they're not going to talk about anything. These guys want to talk about what happened. The actors want to talk about what happened. The actors probably don't give a shit to talk about what happened. Because based on Electric Boogaloo, they weren't, they weren't all that pleased. <laughs> Alright, so uh, I believe we uh, have the next movie lined up already. Yeah, I think because the 4th of July is coming up, the most Golden Globus of holidays, because Golden Globus is all about America, how fucking awesome America is, and how kick-ass we are. Which is why we need to start just embracing more uh, more immigrants, because they're obviously Israeli immigrants. Exactly. So what we're going to do, we're going to take the most American of... Golden Globus action movies. Up. From here until Fourth of July. Fourth of July would be our crescendo where we were Ooh. gonna we we're gonna blow you away. So we're gonna work our way up slowly. I but, like the sound of this. And we're gonna do a little movie called American Ninja. So we're going back to the Ninja Well, Griff. I want to go back to the Ninja Well because I'm I, at least childhood Griff is obsessed with ninjas. I don't care about them anymore. Outside of these movies, because I want to see these you movies. Know, and, you noticed how on we did American Ninja, you were going on harping on about how ninjas are assassins or scumbags. Yeah, or, yes, not American ninjas, because like everything American, we improved the ninja because the American ninja has honor okay. and integrity. Oh, of course, they do. And we will learn learn from the human mannequin Michael Dudikoff. Mm, I love that name, the dude Dudikoff. Dudikoff. So that's basically what we're going to be doing. So uh, I hope you guys come and join us and enjoy American Ninja next week. I mean, as always, we'll be delivering uh, elbow drops from mountaintops. Is that your new catchphrase? Yeah, I was... uh, Working that out? That you're workshopping it? No, I'm not workshopping it. I was intoxicated last weekend, and I came up with that. Really? uh, I didn't notice that. What does that mean? We'll talk about it off. I didn't talk to you last weekend. I was incommunicado last weekend. Oh, I thought this was the other time you were drunk. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. And with that, we will. What what was your line again? I was saying that next week's episode, much like this week's episode, will be a elbow drop from the mountaintop. I I just imagine Randy Randy Johnson. Jesus Christ. Damn Randy genius. Savage saying that. But his would be a leg drop. No, he did an elbow no, drop. He did elbow drop. Yeah, he did elbow drops. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what We really needed to go into deep dive into <laughs> how I came up with this. Fucking <laughs> shit, dude. No, I didn't ask for that. I was just like, is that all I asked was that your, your latest thing, and you went into it. That's true. I got 90% of that to blame on myself. But, yeah, that's my new thing is mountain right, elbow drops, mountain tops. You do that, and I'll keep it warm. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Have fun.